Hi, and welcome. This is Casting Light, stories of recovery and hope happening inside Guiding Light. We're here recording at Guiding Light in downtown Grand Rapids, and I am Phil Tower. We appreciate you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode. We have several other episodes of Casting Light, and wherever you get your podcast, we hope you will listen, check them out, share them with a friend on this podcast. You will hear stories directly from the men who live them, stories of recovery and hope. And most importantly, we want to remind you this episode, as several past episodes have been underwritten very generously by the good folks at Treadstone Funding. Thank you, Treadstone Funding, for making these conversations, these episodes of Casting Light possible. As I was saying, I'm Phil Tower. We bring you stories directly from the men who live them, stories of men who were living in darkness, then... By the grace of God, found light and a new life through the programs here at Guiding Light. And we remind you, your donations to Guiding Light help men have a safe and supportive space to continue their journey and realize their God-given potential. That's not anything to be taken for granted. And your support of the programs here at Guiding Light make that a reality. We hope you like our podcast. We encourage you, as I said earlier, to share it with a friend or two in this episode of Casting Light. I'm pleased to welcome Dan to our microphone. And every one of these stories you're hearing, a story of recovery, these are real men. We don't find people off the street to act these parts. These are real men who, men who have lived these stories of recovery. And Dan, you have your unique story because yours happened several years ago, which is always a good thing in these <laughs> kinds of stories. First of all, welcome. Well, I'm really you. glad to have you here. And as you said, you have a face for radio. I have a face for radio <laughs> and podcasting. So let's just lay that out there on the line for our listeners. <laughs> they can picture, I mean, in real life, he kind of looks a little bit like a, a seasoned version of Brad Pitt. We'll just say that. <laughs> and you can just let your imagination go wild on me. I'm curious, you came through the doors of Guiding Light um, eight plus years ago. Mm-hmm. It's now 2022. What was life like for Dan before you found Guiding Light and experienced the grace of the recovery here? Well, life for me before Guiding Light was uh, go to work, work 12, 14 hours, go home, drink a fifth of vodka. Um, that was In basically my life. Oh, yeah, one night, yeah. Um, every night. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was my life. I, I, I had done so well. I had driven everybody away and divorced and the whole bit, uh, ended up living with my parents for a little while. And when they had enough of me, uh, I had to find somewhere to go. And, uh, so I, yeah, I, I ended up here. My dad drove me up here. We walked across the street here and they accepted me, which was a great thing. (laughs) Not a lot of pushback on your part? No, because I think I was basically done at that point. I didn't have anywhere to go. I had no more money. I had nowhere to turn. Um, and I was tired of drinking, but I couldn't stop drinking. So, yeah. It sounds like, and I know this is not a term that's even real in the greatest sense, but it sounds like you for a while were a successful functioning drunk for a while. Oh, for a long time. 
for a long, long time. Yeah, um, yeah I, I was an executive chef. Uh, I was sous chef, executive sous, uh, you name it. I had a career. I worked, uh, uh, a lot of people may not remember it, but but the Peninsular Club right down here downtown, oh, sure. yeah. um, I was the executive sous there. I was um, and uh, the executive chef in a few other places right here in town. And the whole time I drank, you know, not at work. That was one thing I was always proud of for some reason. Um, but, uh, yeah, when I got out of work, it was time. So, But that is part of the – it's a part of the M.O. of a lot of alcoholics that they feel, okay, i got to control on that so it's not that bad. And that's probably how you rationalized it, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. As long as I could get up in the morning and go to work, I was good. Yeah. Well, but you were faking it, yeah. <laughs> until it broke you, and uh, by the grace of God, your dad brings you here. That's in two thousand fourteen. Fourteen, yeah. As you look back on that, what were the memories of your first days inside Guiding Light? <laughs> I, I I know that may seem like a long time ago, but I'm sure you still can. Almost picture it like it was a couple of days ago, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I didn't know what to expect. This was the first time I had ever reached out my hand and asked anybody for help. Um, and so I came here, and for the first two days, they let me wander around front while they got the paperwork ready and did everything they had to do. And I really didn't know what was going on. And then, uh, yeah, once I got back into the back... Um, yeah, it, it was it, it it was great. I I spent four years in the army, and uh, it was a lot like going back into the army. We had a bunch of guys around. We didn't have to worry about anything other than what we had to worry about back there, which was a beautiful thing. Um, didn't have to worry about bills. Didn't have to worry about girlfriends. Anything like that. And um, yeah, it was. I mean, it was a little weird, you know, uh, that we could leave anytime you wanted to, but. You know, we didn't want to, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, but it was good. It was really, really good. Just to get back and have that that uh, companionship. But not everybody who goes through that waiting period gets accepted. Right. Um, you can't come here using or drunk. You have right. to be completely sober. Yeah. Uh, was there any doubt in your mind you would make it through the doors? Well, when I came in, uh, the first day I came down here, I spoke with, and I can't even remember the man I spoke with, um, but I spoke with him and he asked me, he, he said, can you pee clean? And I said, probably not right now. And he said, well, go home, uh, don't drink tonight, come back in. And if you can pee clean and blow clean tomorrow, we'll, we'll take in and see. And so that's what I did. But you, and I can see it and hear it in your voice, you knew after you were in, you knew something was different here. Was there a way for you to explain that? And obviously, you have eight years sobriety. God bless you for that. Coming up on nine. Was there a way to describe what you were experiencing in your first days and weeks here? Oh, describe that. Um, I guess it was, how, do, how would you... The, I don't know how to describe that. <laughs> the, 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 I guess the class schedule and everything and the people, Mr. Ray, Brian, all of them expected things from me but didn't pound it into me, mm -hmm. uh, which probably would have driven me away if it was pounded right. in. But yeah. um, 
just just basically go go do this and 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 um boy i really don't know how to describe it. i guess i guess fall back on aa i had never been to aa before mm-hmm. and um but a lot of it is the structure yeah it's the support of the other men yeah it's seeing the other guys who have been sober yeah longer and maybe one of the things that got me too was i was working hard to be sober and i was trying to figure out in my mind how can how can i do this once i leave even at the beginning how can I continue this once I leave? And uh, I had I met a good friend here. His name was Mike, and he's still sober. He's still out there. Um, but um, he had been here before me, and he had went through the program, and he had went back out and went back drinking again and then ended up back here. And he and I ended up being roommates. And I think, you know, along with the structure and everything else, the classes we did, um, the meditations were really helpful, things like that. Um, Mike and I talking, like, how could you go through six months here uh, and then go back out? And and I tried to incorporate that into what not to do, <laughs> um, best way to put it. Um, and, 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 yeah, I mean, the structure here was wonderful. And, I mean, mm-hmm. I had a bedtime. I'd never had a bedtime before, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, it's a great point. You know. You really um, rely on that fifth of vodka to kind of create your bedtime. Exactly. For you. That's that's a great point. We're hearing Dan's powerful story of recovery. Eight years ago, going on nine years of sobriety, and you know, you said something that's so consistent with so many of the guys I talked to have gone through this amazing recovery program at Gotting Lot, and they said nobody was, you know, beating them over the head with either faith or religion or mm-hmm. doctrine it was you're in this is how you do it and do you want it how bad do you want it dan i mean really exactly. that's basically how it works yeah and yeah. it's kind of infectious at the same time too isn't it it is too and 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 i guess before i came into here too uh you know talking about god and you know your higher power or whatever you want to call him um I grew up, uh, God was the God that punished you, and if you sinned, you were going to hell, period. You know, And then I got here. That's basically, I guess, before I should say I got here, but I, I basically left all that behind. Um, you know, If God's going to send me to hell for telling a, a lie when I was five years old, then what's the point? You know? and mm-hmm. I, I, I got here, and, and yeah, I, not only did I rediscover God and a God that would forgive me, but a God that had already forgiven me. Um, all I had to do was open myself up to it, yeah. you know, so. That grace thing is pretty amazing. Yeah. Pretty hard to get your head around, and you certainly can't get your head around it when you're living inside a bottle, and you, and you oh, know that. Yeah. You know that. I am really curious what it's like to wake up in in the great life you have after Guiding Light and to be sober when you think back on that experience, what has that meant to you? I mean, I, it, it, you put your life back together. What has it meant to you? Yeah, oh, it means the world to me. Um, like I said, I, I, I had gotten divorced. I had driven away everybody. Uh, I went through the program here, and then I spent close to 18 months in Iron House, um, which for back then it was kind of cool because we only had maybe – I want to say maybe eight guys there, ten guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were really close knit. 
and um, band of brothers. Yeah, definitely. And uh, then then after I I I, I started seeing uh, my girlfriend, who is now my wife, uh, while I was in Iron House. Mm-hmm. And uh, since then, I've I've gotten married, uh, instant family. She had two children from a, a previous marriage, and and I wake up every morning, and you know I'm, I thank God I'm waking up, and yeah. I thank God that you know this the program and everything worked for me. And yeah. and there's not a day goes by I don't think at least about guiding light about what God's done for me about where I could be. Um, you know, if I hadn't found all this, so that is an incredible gift. And I love hearing these stories. Um, none of them are the same and (laughs) yours is really inspiring. And I, I have to ask you, Dan, for that person who was living your life eight plus years ago and thinks they've got it under control, whether they're drinking a fifth a day or a 12 pack or they're using opiates or what have you, what words of wisdom would you give someone who's listening to us right now who knows they have a problem or at least thinks they have it under control? What would you tell them? Uh, I would say you don't have it under control. You may think you do. I mean, I could look in the mirror and say, I've got this. But everybody around me knew I didn't have that. Um, I I would say, and especially if you get to the point where I had gotten where, yeah, you're alone. And you're thinking, you get up in the morning and you're thinking to yourself, i got to go buy another bottle tonight because there's only a quarter of one sitting in the cabinet. Um, Yeah, you might want to think about, you know, looking into guiding light, um, you know, I, I would say everybody knows that you have a problem. Everybody, even the guy at the liquor store that you buy liquor from, mm-hmm. he knows you have a problem. Everybody can smell it. Everybody mm-hmm. can see it. Um, when everybody in your life turns around and leaves, uh, eventually you'll see that. Yeah, and I would say, you know, find God, find guiding mm-hmm. light. Um, come in here. I mean, I, there's no other program like this as far as anything I've heard. Um, but I would say come out here and get some help. And I, I guess the best way to do it is you'll get gratitude after just a month of being here, a week of being here. Yeah, You'll begin to appreciate the people and the, the place and the word, I guess. You know, that whole, that, is inside so many addicts that hole is usually a soul searching for a higher power Mm. i've I've heard a lot of people explain it that way spiritual directors here at guiding light have explained it that way and i i can tell you feel whole i can see i can see inspiration and a smile on your face (laughs) even when you're not smiling which is a wonderful thing and i'm so grateful for you sharing your story you know we talk about in this podcast we we share with our listeners that this all happens for free it happens because of the amazing army community of donors behind guiding light when you ponder that thought that you went through this whole thing you received this lifelong gift that's paying dividends every time you take a breath every day you wake up what did that mean to you, that free recovery program? Oh, that, that means everything to me. Um, before I came in here, 
the day I decided I was going to call Guiding Light, I actually called one other place first. And I told them, I'd, n- I'd never told anybody this. I, they answered the phone and I said, I have a problem, I need help. And the first thing out of their mouth was, what kind of insurance do you have? And I don't have any insurance and I don't have any money. <laughs> um, and I called Guiding Light and that it was free was, I mean, phenomenal. And then I get in here and it's like, I, I'm not sleeping on a cot. I'm sleeping on a real bed. I'm eating real food. Um, I have people like Mr. Ray, Brian, walking down the hallway will give me a hug for no reason. Uh, there's there's no amount of money that that I could pay to get that. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. You have a beautiful story. I I feel like the luckiest guy in the world hearing this, and I am so grateful, and uh, I know I'm sharing the same sentiment that a lot of our listeners are sharing now. And I, uh, most importantly, can I just say thank you? Oh, no, thank you. (laughs) Uh, You have, here's the cool thing. You and I are recording this conversation for Casting Light. We have no flipping idea how many people are hearing this and being inspired by this. (laughs) Isn't that a cool thing? That is a great thing, yeah. And they may never be able to come up and thank you, but I am thanking you on their behalf. It's why... I get such a kick out of doing this, and I hope you can hear it in my voice. It is so great. I come away from stories like Dan, and I just I could walk on air the rest of the day. And this is happening because of you, and I cannot stress that enough. You are donor, and you who are not our donor, well, I know you're going you're gonna to catch it, and you're going to become a donor soon because these stories inspire. They light a fire in you. And they make a difference. You are giving men hope. You are giving them a new life. You're giving them a journey to realize their God-given potential. It is something that is priceless, but it happens because of you. We thank you for listening to this episode. Hey, we hope you will tell a friend about Casting Light. Share this episode with someone. Uh, Please review it or just let someone know you heard this story. Most importantly, if you do that, we can grow this audience, we can attract more listeners, and continue to share these powerful stories of recovery and hope. And that, my friend, is a cool thing. Until next time, for Casting Light and the wonderful people who all are guiding light, I'm Phil Tower. Thank you for listening.